At Henson, we're looking forward to the holidays, and that means more time in the kitchen. Now, imagine your trusty kitchen knife had a wobbly handle. You'd be nervous. Well, the same is true in shaving. Most razors on the market today don't support the blades well enough, allowing them to flex and bend. This is a source of razor burn. At Henson, we used our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to solve this problem, supporting the blade so you can use it confidently. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com holiday. I'm done letting ADHD call the shots. And with done, you can be too. Done is an online ADHD care platform and can get you all the resources you need to help manage your ADHD. Contact an expert team that can help you round the clock and get a personalized treatment plan just for you. Visit donefirst.com to learn more. Now, for a limited time, you can get 50% off your initial appointment, a special holiday deal, all that and more on donefirst.com. Done. Turn ADHD into your strength. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. It is the Custard TV podcast. This is the podcast we never thought we'd do. I was cut off um, by by my internet provider far too soon and they faffed about and they couldn't get me back online. I'm now back online and I've reconnected with podcast pals. Uh, Matt in the northern area. Hey, our uh, guest this week, Sarah, who is a contributor to the site. Hello, Sarah. You're the second Sarah to appear on the podcast as well. Consecutively. I'm Sarah. I'm Sarah Series 2, who you had high aspirations for, but is basically going to let you down. <laughs> yeah, after quite a strong series last week, the Sarahs are on a downward spiral. Luke and Matt. This could be a podcast. A podcast? Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, definitely not. Anyone with a computer can make one. Talking telly. Use your ears and trust them. This is the Custard TV Podcast. Yes, that would entertain me briefly. From thecustardtv.com. So on the podcast this week, we're going to talk about shows that because of my internet offage... We actually saw quite a long time ago, and they're now vague, distant memories, but we're going to try and bring those memories to the fore for you. Um, So we've got The Widow on ITV, um, we've got The Victim on BBC One, then there's Don't Forget the Driver on um, BBC Two, and something on Netflix, which which name is... Quicksand. Quicksand. I feel like I'm already sinking into on this very podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Let's start with the social media question, which I thought was a clever one and a smart one, and people responded to and then never heard the answers to. If you could hang out uh, with a character or characters from any TV show for 24 hours, who would it be and why? I'll kick this off. I would love to spend a commute with John and Kaylee from Carshare. That is my ultimate dream. Because basically, it's like being in the car with Peter Kay and Sean Gibson, and that's what I'd like to do. I'd like them just to drive me around, take me places, and just become their best mate for 24 hours. Sounds like a -a make-a-wish, doesn't it, that? It does, rather, (laughs) yes. I just think that any chance to be part of that show would be fun. So, yes, car share for me. Matt, what about you? Any thoughts? Well, I'm quite lazy, so um, it would it would either be the royal family or Stephen Becky from him and her. <laughs> Where would you feel more at home, the royals or? Uh, the, all or the, I suppose Becky. at least the royals I could sit on a seat. Normally with yeah. him and her, you'd be on that bed watching Inspector Morse DVDs or yeah. You know, somewhere where I could just sit and watch TV. That's my natural <laughs> element, really. So, you so you've got this chance to go anywhere for 24 hours yeah. and you're basically choosing to or spend Or possibly it just... one of the Gogglebox families. You know, I'm not, I'm not a fussy. <laughs> <laughs> so you're basically swapping what you already do just to do it with people that you somewhat recognise. Yeah, in company, you know. <laughs> that's the change. Uh, Sarah, did you have any thoughts on this when I posted it months ago? Months and months ago. Well, you'd, you'd like to say, oh, yes, um, I'd go to um, Game of Thrones. That would be incredible. But if yeah. you were a powerful member of a family in Game of Thrones, your life would be constantly under threat. If you were yes. a villager in Game of Thrones, your life would also be constantly under threat. <laughs> so I, I thought about that one and then put it to one side as a, as a bad idea if you want to sort of live for that yeah. 24 hours. And then I thought, actually, I'll go for something more calm and serene. Um, and I'd hang out for a day with the detectorists. I think that would be lovely. 
Oh. Wouldn't that be incredible to go for a pint with them? Oh, I'd love that. (laughs) That's what I need. That whole time the internet was off and I was losing weight and shouting down the phone at certain members of the BT helpline. That's what I needed. I just needed Lance and Andy to whisk me away with a metal detector. A perfect sunshiny afternoon and the promise of hidden treasures. What did the people of social media say all those weeks ago when we asked the question? It's only two weeks, to be fair. Okay. Um, let's start with, I used to watch this. Uh, Columbo, they say, just so he can make me dinner and explain how he decided to in- investigate the very interesting way he does. EastEnders Weekly Podcast, first of two tweets from them. They said, I'd spend the day upstairs at the Vic having a bottle of gin with Pat Butcher. Two girls, one film. Now, I don't know if this is a character or not, but they said, can't just pick one of them. Hashtag Vic and Bob. Where you are with Detectorists, maybe um, Bob Mortimer and Paul Whitehouse on Gone Fishing as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, that would be lovely. Um, I've just realised how much I've wasting my life. CHS at Catherine72 says Tommy Shelby for reasons that don't need explaining and then puts a emoji with two, like, blushing We got it, we get it. Mo Walker says Ashes to Ashes version of Gene Hunt, riding around in the quattro listening to classic music from the 80s while fighting the rot. Another vote here for, from uh, Rob Smedley for Columbo. Wander around LA a bit, catch a murder, and then have a bowl of chilli after. What a day. <laughs> <laughs> My friend uh, Melissa Speed says Spyros from the Durrells. He's just so lovely. That's because she wants to go to Greece as well. well she's been to Greece. It? She's, she's okay. very sort of Greek-influenced. Um, okay. And so finally, wouldn't, she wouldn't mind if he popped over to hers then. She doesn't have to be in Greece. I think she wants to be in Greece. <laughs> um, and finally, a very topical one from from Erin H, right. so I could find out who they are, and a little uh, emoji with a halo there. I did wonder whether she meant H from Steps, and he wouldn't yes. count. He's done several TV shows, hasn't he? Yeah, I think H she's the good line of duty. Yes, I think so yeah. as well. So thank Do you. Do you think again. H from Steps is behind it all? That would be a twist. <laughs> So that means it would, it would have to go on to series... We're on series five at the moment, so then it would be six, seven, eight, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would be an absolute <laughs> tragedy if that turned yeah. out to be the case as well. Those are the only two set songs we know, so this is the fun's end. <laughs> I could mention more set songs, but I would about my street cred. Then so I won't do it. That'd be the last thing on my mind. Anyway, let's stop Oh my the goodness, st- they're coming strong. That is it then for that. Thank you so much for getting involved. We'll have another social media question. Uh, I've got one actually now just to... Oh, go on, throw it out there. Is it steps related? Unfortunately, no. As um, we've got Game of Thrones coming um, this week, um, I thought your favourite opening title sequence, not necessarily sort of theme tune, but opening title sequence as Game of Thrones has quite a lavish one. That needs some thinking about. There you go. Thinking caps on, Luke. Just put my cap down as well. I have to put it... Put it back on. I'll put it back on. Okay, so if your favourite opening sequence, that's not to be confused with theme tune. I don't want to have to... Because that's going to be another one later down the line, let's be honest. Yeah, let's be honest, but we're scraping the barrel. Favourite steps record is going to be my next question, but there you go. You're listening to the Custard TV Podcast. The official podcast of thecustardtv.com. Okay, so the BBC last week had a big four-part drama that they decided to show over four consecutive nights. Um, Matt, do you want to walk us through the basic building blocks and the, the background of the victim? Luke, I know you've only seen the first one. Sarah, have you seen any more? No, I did mean to, but I didn't find time, unfortunately. I've watched all four, so I don't know how much time. I've already spoiled it for Luke, but I I was going to go a bit more spoilery. The first episode sort of set on Halloween. Um, We meet uh, Craig Myers, who's sort of a seemingly normal bus driver. He's got a little girl. And as he goes to open the door to what he thinks is a trick-or-treater, he gets... I was going to say fatally wounded, but he survives. But (laughs) he gets gets attacked, basically. (laughs) Yeah. and so as events unfold, we learn the reason for the attack was that Craig online has been identified as um, a guy called Eddie J. Turner, who back in 2003 was responsible for the death of a young lad um, whose mum, uh, Anna Dean, is played by Kelly MacDonald. And she is then charged for sort of inciting this assault because she put a post on Facebook 
identifying Craig as Eddie J. Turner. And then what the, the series does is we get the sort of the current day, which is the court case of Anna, and going back to see what led up to and then the aftermath of the attack on Craig and the impact it had on Anna and Craig. Okay, now this got my goat initially because it does do that thing that all dramas do that always gets my goat, which is show you a tense, dramatic scene at the start and then whiz you back and go... Can I just put my hand up here a minute, Luke, and say that I can't see it, but I I will allow it. The the thing that annoys me is when they just do it once. So you get the... I mean, I'm thinking The Driver. I'm thinking the first series of Prey, where they do one big scene at the start and then flashback. The victim did it throughout. So you're getting the two timelines sort of merging together by the fourth episode. More in common with the cry than say prey or the driver yeah that gets me as well where it's just one sort of exciting set piece and then you flash back when dramas do it sort of both at the same time then i've got more respect for it because they're setting out that this is our plot structure yeah i've got to agree with you on that sorry luke you're in the minority here um (sighs) i thought it was being in the minority on my own podcast all the time (laughs) carry on it was a very elegant setup. I did like the snippets that they used from the courtroom. I thought it was just a really quite a clear and clever way to sort of ratchet up the tension. It seems to be a narrative device that's more commonly used now, and it's just one that niggles at me. But yeah, um, I agree. What do we think then to this, Matt? You've seen all four of them. That obviously bodes well because you've got less time on your hands to, be, to watch stuff. To be fair, I watched all of Cheat as well, so I wouldn't I wouldn't put that as a True. Negative, the particular <laughs> positive. Um, yeah, I mean, I watched the first one about a week ago when we originally, you know, because we were going to take this podcast a week ago. But then throughout the week, I think Thursday night, I sort of did a binge of the other three because I found it a very easy watch. You know, it doesn't use up a lot of your a lot of your brain cells. Really, you sort of know what you're going to get. Another one which I would describe as sort of like the the holiday novel, but it did have a little bit more going on beneath the surface, I, I personally found, because of the themes. More there layered, was, perhaps. More layered. There was, yeah. there was bits of it that I liked more than others. I thought the stuff with Craig, um, James Harkness, who is a, a relative newcomer, he was really good because he was a well-defined character. He was a man of few words. His childhood wasn't good and that's why he didn't want to talk about it and him and his wife played by Carla Crome I liked their relationship I think she's a fantastic actress and I I, I wish we saw more of her on screen the theme about you know should whoever Eddie J Turner is should he be forgiven now because he served his time or should his identity be revealed and he have to live with this crime forever that was interesting I thought something they didn't make as much of as I would like them to do is focus on Anna's young son who has to sort of live in the shadow of this brother that he never knew and that was an interesting bit and they they played on it a little bit but not as much as I thought they should have done I mean the bit in the first episode where where we first see her and she knows that her son desperately wants to go out and do trick-or-treat at Halloween which is fine but the way that she's so sort of knee-jerky overprotective of him you could see in her eyes that she knows that she's being over the top and she knows that she doesn't need to be this cautious and she just can't help herself because she's got into this this mind frame, this way of being, you know, which, of course, you would if something tragic had happened to you. Um, but, yeah, I, I thought her performance especially was fabulous. She's got that inscrutable little smile. And it, it did make me wonder, you know, like, really, who is the victim, which is, which is what the, the, they trailed with, wasn't it? Because she just looked so kind of spooky and unknowable. And I thought that she was perfectly cast. I thought it was really good. I think what didn't work for me as well was John Hannah. And I don't think they ever really explained why he was sort of disgraced previously. And this was like a last chance job for him. And also, I don't think Hannah should be really playing coppers after a touch of cloth. <laughs> Absolutely <survival>. not, no. <laughs> That's what I, I'm sure we all were thinking. Seriously, at yeah. all. Yeah. It was just, it was too much. But I, I'm, I'm told that he did play Rebus as well. So we have to think Rebus, not cloth. Certainly playing like the tortured detective with the past. Yeah. I mean, that was, it was very cloth-esque. <laughs> to be honest, if I'm brutally honest with you, all four shows this week... Uh, this is like a spoiler. 
They were all so mediocre, and I'm just trying to decide. I think this is the best of a of a of a bad lot, really. I think if you keep going with this, the fourth episode is very rewarding because you get two lengthy scenes between Craig and Anna, which are very mm. sort of powerfully powerfully done, and sort of showcase the strengths of the drama. I thought the weaknesses of the drama were sort of the thriller elements, whereas the sort of character human elements, which which is what I like as problems. well, to be fair. Yeah. Is what um, I, I, I give or take the yeah. sort of jumpy thriller So I would moments. say keep going because it is quite, if you do it all together, it's an easier undertaking, I would say. That, that must going. have been the thinking behind the scheduling as well. They must have thought this works best if you watch them over consecutive nights because you're going to get a nice build-up of of characters and and story you ran out of time sarah to watch the rest will you go back to it or do you feel like you've seen enough based on that one honestly i think i would i i certainly meant to go back to it i mean immediately the 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 first episode finished i was like oh yeah i could definitely get into this Um, and as you say it is only four parts coming from a, a sort of a love of scandi noir and everything at least being 10 parts yeah it's it's quite it's quite nice for me but um, if you've got to wait until the fourth episode to really get your teeth into it, uh, I don't know, you know? Like or, or to be rewarded by it. Yeah, it's a, exactly. it's a strange one, isn't it? It's a strange one. Because on one hand, what you're saying... It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. I'm done letting ADHD call the shots. And with Done, you can be too. Done is an online ADHD care platform and can get you all the resources you need to help manage your ADHD. Contact an expert team that can help you round the clock and get a personalized treatment plan just for you. Visit donefirst.com to learn more. Now, for a limited time, you can get 50% off your initial appointment, a special holiday deal, all that and more on donefirst.com. Done. Turn ADHD into your strength. That is, as a good resolution, four hours out of your life isn't a massive commitment and it's a solid drama. But on the other hand, if I didn't feel connected or felt sort of drawn in by that first one, am I going to get to the fourth one and... Well, I, I mean, I I thought the characterization certainly of Craig was an interest. I I found him an interesting character. You know, you always say connected to the characters. I don't know how much you have to be connected mm. to a character in everything. And I know we've had this argument before. We have. That, we've come to blows over this many yeah, times. Yeah, the story <laughs> is strong enough, I think, to yeah. to go throughout the four episodes. And it's one as well, a lot of people have been talking about work and saying, you know, I think it's this person, I think it's this person. And I think the sort of the revelation at the end actually made sense and the way they sort okay. of did it and everything. Without spoiling it, because I know a lot of people haven't worked their no. way through it yet. I personally found it to be an interesting way of resolving it and and the final scene is very well done. There are clunky bits within it where they try and make it into more of like the the standard tv thriller but i think the things that work are the more sort of human elements to it and there are believable bits in there so the victim all there on iplayer should you want to do what matt has already done and whiz through the four hours that that would take up or can we tempt you on the itv hub which is an awful service that should never be used uh to watch the widow (laughs) which started um when did that start? I'm all confused now. Monday night. Monday opposite, night. Opposite the victim and right. Tuesday night as yeah. well, was it on? Monday night and Tuesday night. Monday night. There for some Because of the scheduling yeah. of Britain's Got Talent, because that's on for a week soon, and there's eight episodes of The Widow, they're having to do this weird thing where they show uh, an episode on a Monday and then the next one on a Tuesday. This is the brand new drama from Jack Williams and Harry Williams, the brother writing duo, who brought us just recently, actually, Baptiste on Sunday nights on BBC One, a drama that, despite loving The Missing, we failed to really connect with or pers- or pursue. This stars Kate Beckinsale 
as the widow of the title. We meet her early on uh, and we see her hiking in Wales and then we find out that her husband, who, who we know she loves because we see them in little flashbacks being all lovey-dovey, uh, has been killed in a plane crash. There's a bit of a twist, as the Williams brothers do. Has he really? Because it would appear that he made it out alive and he, she sees him on TV in the Congo. She's not in the Congo. She's <laughs> she's somewhere else. She sees him on the TV and makes out that that's him. And it starts a whole thing of, has he survived? What's this double life he's been leading? Uh, that is the the very basic building blocks of um, The Widow, although there are other things going on. There's an appearance from Andre from Trapped, who is in there as this other survivor of the crash who is blind. Now, is he blind or is Molly from Sherlock blind? They're both blind. They're, going, oh, okay. they're, they're in um, Holland going for this treatment, which I'm guessing will make them see in theory. And then there's a third story about child soldiers in the Congo as well. Yeah. I don't think it's horrendous. I don't think it's awful. I think it's close to horrendous and awful. I think there's some clunky, <laughs> clunky dialogue in there. But my biggest issue is with with this thing that we've got now, particularly in this country, I don't know whether it's a, a rub-off from the Nordic Noirs or the big American dramas that people love, but there's this whole thing that we've been starting to do which is let's place a drama in a lovely looking setting and let's let that do all the talking and people will fall under its spell because it's somewhere new and exciting where actually it's quite a boring piece that we've seen before Kate Beckinsale it's really wooden and really just very very poor in this and I really really struggled to get to the end of just the first episode Matt's right, the victim in comparison to this was a much easier watch. I, I, I don't know how I got to the end of this first one, to be quite honest with you, because it just... It I just did keep looking up. at the clock. It, it couldn't go fast enough for me. I couldn't believe that I was only 20 minutes in and it felt like I'd watched an hour. <laughs> I, I had the same exact experience, Sarah. I was like, oh, I have to be about <laughs> two, you know, at least two thirds through the way of this. And I looked and I was about 19 minutes through. <laughs> yeah. There was a plane crash in the Democratic Republic of Congo nearly three years ago. It isn't him. It can't be. He died on that plane. They've never found his body, ever. It's good to see you, Emmanuel. And you. It's been a long time. There are some people, their soul is rotten. You can never hide who we are. People don't just walk away from a plane crash. I know that. They say hope is to be able to see the light in spite of all the darkness. You want answers. You have to ask questions. I needed to talk to you about Sankara Airways Flight 19. Nothing you ever hear about that plane crash is true. I don't think we can um, we can single out Kate Beckinsale as a poor performance, which is weird because it really was a poor performance. It really I think was. the problem was that everybody was emotionless not just her there was very little that seemed to happen and it took an extremely long time to do it mm. um and I, I did notice on twitter um while watching it the more glamorous sections of my twitter feed were wondering how the hell her bouncy ponytail was surviving the congolese humidity i think that, that was we, it's not a problem matt and i can relate to i mean he had his ponytail took off when was that like early last year wasn't yeah, it? yeah 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 <laughs> no, I, I suppose the word for this may be over ambitious and i think mm. the the emotionlessness of it may come from the fact that everyone in the first episode is holding the cards close to their chest they don't want to reveal too much because we've got another seven hours to go yeah. i mean i suppose the big seven revelation hours. was this was this guy? <laughs> that Sarah's just feeling really sick again. You can hear that. Oh, in her I suppose not yeah. seven hours without the ads. You know. Well, not, it yeah. certainly felt like seven hours. Yeah. I, I mean, the most interesting bits for me were the bits, as you say, with Andre and Molly Hooper as these two blind characters, and where they sort of fit. You into just the say how of... amusing that was, how funny it was that they they meet at a clinic. Um, and essentially, is that a blind date or is that a blind blind date they went on? I thought that was... <laughs> You've peaked. You can leave now if you want to. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> but then, then, then there's like big names in here like Alex Kingston and Charles Dance and people yeah. like that who pop up for no apparent reason. Their characters felt like absolutely useless. But 
having they were drawn they were drawn on a piece of paper with a pencil, weren't they? they, they yeah. There was nothing to them. Much like Strangers that was on, was that last year? Yeah. Yeah. You sort of get glimpses of this wonderful relationship that these characters have, but you don't get to spend any time with them. So as a a viewer, you're sort of disconnected and not emotionally invested in... Perhaps if we'd spent 15 minutes with Kate Beckinsale and her husband together and saw what their life was like before he vanished and then reappeared... Before he bought her a pair of gloves... Yeah, we might feel a bit more invested and involved, but it, it just yeah, still it, felt really detached. It did feel like glossy advertising, like a sort of, I don't know, um, an Ikea advert about the perfect relationship. Or do you remember yeah. sort of Brand Flakes adverts from back in the 80s and 90s where it would be a family in a white linen bed, all dressed in white linen, and they'd be enjoying their sort of Brand Flakes as the morning sunlight sort of like streams in at them? And it just felt so glossy. No, but I'm interested so that that stuck with you for all these years. Where it lost me was the fact when she saw her husband, or she thinks she saw her husband on the news broadcast, the yeah. receptionist in the doctor's surgery actually <laughs> spent the time rewinding the, the Sky News that or whatever it was. Happen. Normally, receptionists in doctor's surgeries barely speak to you. <laughs> the fact that the, the fact that she was so cooperating that she let this stranger dictate what she did with the TV in yeah. the surgery. I'm impressed she knew where the remote was. Yeah, since you don't, I, yeah. I've never been to a doctor's surgery where they're showing the news or anything like that. <laughs> she must be on Booper or something. But I, but I just I've not not had much interaction with. Kate Beckinsale, I don't, I've not seen her in a lot, and she didn't convince me here, and I couldn't decide whether it was poor writing or a poor performance, but she, I didn't, I didn't. I've always care found her, her quite bland, Kate Beckinsale, if I'm honest, in in the few films I've seen her in. I think they needed sort of some big starry names in this, didn't they? Because it was an Am- was it on Amazon Prime as well? It was on Amazon in America and in Australia, so across the world, they've already been treated to this. <laughs> and yeah, then we get it. I can hear so. the inverted commas there. Yes. <laughs> no, it, it's a shame because we love the missing. We liked elements of liar, but the Williams brothers seem to have gone off a cliff a bit. And I think they are a bit torn of let's set this in the Congo because that's not been done before. Straight away, you, you're in with these child soldiers. Um, and it, I, straight away, I was like, well, that's a bit of a lazy shorthand for Africa, isn't it? Mm. I mean, we all know that the, the Democratic Republic of the Congo has got a lot of social problems. But really, is that what we're going to focus on immediately? It was just a bit, mm. you know, just a bit unpleasant, I think. But, but it does seem a weird place to set a show. And it didn't seem connected to the story. Just this scene like, yeah. where haven't we gone before? Oh, this is a interesting exotic place rather than globe and put a pin in it (laughs) it, they may as well have done that's what it felt like we got amazon money we've got backing from itv let's see where we can take it and the fact is that maybe i will go back to the victim but i had no interest Mm. in going back to this the worst thing is a drama where you're looking at the clock you should you should be invested and involved and at no point was i Let's talk comedy then. Also, I'm bringing out my inverted commas. Uh, BBC Two had a brand new one uh, called Don't Forget the Driver. It's written uh, partly by Toby Jones and a playwright whose name I forget and should have looked up. Uh, Tim Crouch. Thank you. Voice in my head. (laughs) 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 um, So Tim Crouch and Toby Jones got together to write this. And uh, as you already know, if you've been listening for a while... Massive fans of Detectorists, and although that was much more Mackenzie Crook's baby, and uh, Toby Jones was was kind of the the star, um, this is his baby. And when it started, I sort of thought it was going to be of a similar vein. Uh, Sarah, do you want to tell us basically what this is about, and we'll go from there? Well, sure. Yeah, I mean, apparently, I read that this was a love letter to Bogner Regis, but the, frankly, there's not a lot of love in the first episode. Another glamorous <laughs> location. Yeah. <laughs> well, it did look good. I mean, it was annoying to watch as a preview on my laptop because it's very cinematic, widescreen, mm. sweep, sweeping shots of the seafront. But watching it on my laptop was like watching it through a letterbox. So we meet um, Toby Jones's character Pete, um, who 
is just a, a, a sad little man um, with everything that seems to be going wrong in his life. Everything that could be going wrong is going wrong. And immediately he's contrasted with his twin brother, Baza, who's on webcam from Australia um, with a much happier life. But then right at the beginning, there's an unsettling discovery of a body on the beach. And that is a sort of really terrifying thread that runs through the whole half hour. Pete is a struggling single dad. He's he's unhappy. He's taken for granted by everybody. And, and I wrote, when I took some notes, it's like he's a third wheel in his own life. Um, the only God, place you he should write to... for a website like mine. That's very well, well observed. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so Kayla is his sort of lazy, unfulfilled daughter who keeps talking about going home to Birmingham to be with her mum instead. Um, Fran is uh, the the love interest in the lay-by cafe, um, and his his co-driver on this coach is a guy called David, and he is hideous. He is an absolutely mm. vile creation. Seems to I be just channeling Mark Wotton, I thought, the actor. Oh, my God, yes. Yes. Yeah, right, I, I, again, I wrote down that I would happily have put him over on site, and then I would have reversed over him a couple of times to make sure he was dead. And That's dumped him I on the beach him. next to the other one. <laughs> so they take this uh, this group of pro-Brexit flag-waving pensioners off to a booze cruise across the channel by way of Dunkirk Cemetery. So there's all that sort of strange politics there as well. Um, and then um, we also meet um, Pete's mother, um, Audrey, who's suffering from quite advanced dementia. She's unable to recognise her. Really sorry, kind... Sarah, the character's actually called Joy, who I think is, is a, it's an ironic, maybe, name. Oh, dear. Mm. That's <laughs> terrible. That's another layer we didn't spot. And so, and so there's kind of racist undertones there as well because she's, she's looking with suspicion at, I think, uh, her Pakistani neighbours, and it's just, oh, it's so unpleasant. That was uncomfortable. Um, so uncomfortable and the only bright spot in town seems to be this guy bradley um who's kayla's friend and he's the funeral director he's the only guy there who seems to be having any fun we return from dunkirk with what seems to be an illegal immigrant stowed away in the coach's luggage compartment mm. and it, violent looking people traffickers race to the scene to get this woman out um, and, and Toby Jones basically collapses in, in the garage. This is so weird because I wrongly had preconceptions about this before I went in. It's one of those weird ones where sometimes when you do what we do, the BBC will either bombard you with information about a show so much so that you know everything about it before you've seen it, or they will just suddenly drop something on you with very little information. And that's what happened for me in the case of Don't Forget the Driver. And I, with the Toby Jones connection, had imagined it would be a series where he's a coach driver. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. He's taking these pensioners away, or maybe holiday makers away in different episodes on these various coach trips and things would go wrong and we'd get to meet the characters on the coach and it would be a very dialogue heavy piece instead what, what it like is, is Phoenix a, Nights type thing kind of like an early doors but yeah. on the move you know yeah. that sort of thing for me this seemed very dark which is fine I do enjoy dark comedy inside number nine is one of my favorite shows that's dark comedy but it lacked a proper structure in terms of narrative for me it almost seemed through the majority of this first episode, like the scenes were out of order and they weren't connected <laughs> yeah. to what we'd seen before. The co the comedy from 
Yeah, very disjointed. The comedy from the guy on the bus with him that you said you'd run over was just completely banging heads with everything else. It was so out there and over the top, and it didn't seem like he fitted in the show he'd been put in. It was it was the most bizarre half hour, and, and it's interesting that the BBC have, again, without any notice or promotion, put all of this up on the iPlayer should you want to go and experience it and it may be one of those that gets better the more you go on but we can't help but judge from the first episode and it just left me feeling confused bemused and cold it's these uncomfortable moments that that sarah brought up there you know whether it be the 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 sort of the immigrant in the in the luggage compartment or this eastern european guy who seems to be sort of squatting in the bus garage or the you know the mum being sort of afraid of her Asian neighbours and the and the body on the beach contrasted with the sort of more overtly comic elements like Toby Jones playing the Australian twin brother and the the uh, David character the other the other bus driver and then this sort of third element with the teenage daughter not having a lot of things to do in Bognor Regis and wanting to sort of escape it felt almost like there was like three different shows going on at once in this sort of half hour period. I thought Toby Jones was very good in the role of Peter, but, but apart from that there wasn't a lot to sort of to sort of like. It was just a very bizarre half an hour. Character in the Detectorist I think is very close to this guy. Kind of unfulfilled Sorry. and living a very small life very precariously with a daughter who he's got a sort of strange relationship with. I was like, yeah I can see this. It look it looks very much like the Detectorists. But I think mm. the difference between, is it Lance in Detectorist? Yeah. Yeah. And the character here is that, you know, he may, Lance might have a small life, but he makes the most of it. He's got this sort of relationship, at least, with Andy in Detectorist and the rest of, you know, he's got this small, close-knit group of friends. Whereas I suppose there is the Claire Rushbrook character here, Fran, who's you know, friendly with him, wants to be more than friends, but She's he doesn't got a, have... A, a quite a very severely sort... disabled son as well that mm. I hadn't seen before. That was an interesting yeah. element to add in. But yeah, I, just I think, think there's a lot of interesting stuff here. It's just not yeah. It's just not funny. I mean, even as a dark comedy, you still want to, to raise a chuckle, but there's nothing there at all. It's just, it's unremittingly bleak. And poor Pete, he's, he's always stuck at the wrong end of a shitty stick. There's no joy here. It's just dark. It's, it's shockingly dark, I would say. I think your word, Sarah, disjointed, is, is the best way of, of describing it. Was it. Just, it was just on purpose unsettling throughout. Like, you couldn't get a hold on what was happening at all. The scenes seemed to change really quickly. Like, they were trying to say a lot in one short episode. But it was just so so disjointed and, and cold. It was it was just it was it was, like, it was a struggle to sort of understand what was going on. At the same time, you didn't want to because this is dark. You didn't want to believe that was a body on the beach. No way, you know. It was just and too are, much. Are we are we saying that we're going to have now with the asylum seeker? Are we going to have like a home type situation that Channel Four have just done? Is that where this is going? I'm not really sure. But if you want to, you can binge it all. On the iPlayer. This might be one of the biggest disappointments so far on the podcast because Toby Jones is such a talent. We know what he's capable of in comedy, and this just seems like a, a misfire. And it's not, I know he's been a bit harsh on the widow and perhaps too harsh on the victim, but this was just really disappointing and, and, and made me feel quite low after watching it, which is not how you should feel. Cards on the table. I haven't seen the final show we're going to discuss because my internet's back, but it's not back to let's stream things on Netflix back. You're going to have to walk us through Quicksand. Who would rather do the basics of Quicksand? I'll, I'll, do, I'll do it, shall I? Okay. I mean, Sarah I mean, was really keen, but yes, Matt, <laughs> you go. Quicksand, it sort of begins and you're put in the centre of this. the feelings of this girl... Maya, I think her name is. It's I should say it's set in Sweden, in Stockholm. She wakes up and, and gradually you realise that there has been a school shooting. She is arrested as being the main perpetrator. And this is another one that does the flashback sporadically. You get her being arrested in that sort of process and her sort of 
being completely detached from the whole situation and wanting to go home. In flashbacks, we see this sort of burgeoning relationship between herself and Sebastian, who's the sort of wealthy kid. I mean, they're all very wealthy. I think it's like an exclusive prep school where the, where the shooting is meant to have occurred. You see them getting together when her family go on holiday in France, and then he arrives, and she goes off on the yacht with his father, who's this really sort of successful businessman. And you get the impression that Sebastian has influenced her somewhat to take part in this school shooting, but you're not sure what's happened. And that that's the basic bit of the first episode. There you go. And it's from Hans Rosenthal from The Bridge and Marcella, and he's adapted it from a, a, a well-respected novel, I believe. Sarah, you are the Nordic noir queen. Whenever there's something on I'll of this vein... I will always ask you to review it. You love Trap, you love The Bridge, you love The Killing. Did you love Borgen as much as I did? You must have. I did love Borgen, yeah, completely. Oh. And, and also The Legacy, um, which is one that, that does I not- tried that. that. I no. struggled with that. Oh, I adored it. Would you tell me more? Really just tell me it. a bit more about The Legacy quick. Um, what, because I, I struggled <laughs> with it. No, but isn't it um, about some, a, a matriarch of a family dying and... That's right. Yeah, this this crazy artist matriarch of the family dies um, in the same sort of week that we find out she's got at least one illegitimate daughter and she's got an awful lot of wealth and um, her sculpture and stuff to leave behind. So it becomes this tussle between like the the family that um, that she knew um, and the, this sort of girl who comes out of nowhere. Ooh. She basically leaves um, a scribbled napkin that says, I'm leaving all, all, all my stuff to you, dear girl, um, okay. and cuts off other members of the family. Does, but does it keep flashing back to show her alive or not? Uh, just occasionally but it doesn't rely too much on flashbacks no um but all the characters were so well drawn especially over i think it was the three series they did it was marvelous it was really good it wasn't as bleak as your typical scandy drama um i'd recommend ride upon the storm which we talked about as well if you can find that on water presents that's amazing quite easy to find on water presents yeah you just type it in can i just ask sarah did you watch this subtitled I did. I started yeah. out, because my husband was in the same room as me at, at the time, we always have a little debate about whether it's worth it with subtitles. He's the kind of person who will pretty much watch anything, but if it's got subtitles on, he he doesn't connect with it as much, whereas if I have subtitles oh. on, I feel I connect with it much more. So, so you, the first watched, ten- you loved The Bridge and Trap. Did you not watch those together then? Uh, we did, but I was like, nah, definitely subtitles. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but because, for me, because sorry. Netflix, because because this is Netflix, you have that choice. Mm. I can have it. Don't have Netflix, and the the version that I was presented was dubbed, which I think spoiled oh. my enjoyment of this because some of the yeah. actors that they use. I don't know if you watched any of it dubbed. Where while your husband I watched was there. ten minutes of it dubbed, and and Nathan, to his credit, went, "Don't you want subtitles on?" And I went, "Yes, please." <laughs> yeah, the, the, the dubbing actors that they used were just I horrendous. It. I couldn't do, and I think I would have so maybe enjoyed it more if I had watched it subtitled. So, what what were your feelings on this, Sarah? I thought that it was extremely claustrophobic and I quite liked that. Maya's face basically fills the screen for the first sort of 10 minutes. It's very atmospheric. The opener especially, she's lying on the floor of this classroom as the shooting happens around her. It seems there's a lot of sort of yelling and running. It was a cheap way of doing it, to be fair, because you concentrate on just a few gory details in one room and sort of your imagination fills it in. And I thought that was really good. But I must say that I wasn't quite sure about this mysterious Sebastian character. He's an irritating little pup with a stupid haircut. Maya seems to be quite a blank canvas in this episode. And I suppose it goes back to what you were saying about Sebastian looks like he will have influenced her. So there's, I don't think there's much going on under the surface for Maya. Is it weird stalker behaviour? Is it less weird if you turn up to someone's family holiday on a <laughs> yacht? <laughs> <laughs> and her parents had no qualms whatsoever of letting her go off with him either, did they? 
Um, her family, again, they don't seem to add much to proceedings. They look like a stock photo you'd buy with the frame from the supermarket, oh, you know? Or oh, from that Bram Flakes advert you were talking about earlier. <laughs> a personal aside here, my first boyfriend lived in glamorous Norwich and my mum and dad allowed me to stay at his. So well, what's the statute of limitations on admitting that there were shenanigans? Is 21 <laughs> years long enough? Yeah, I, well... Will they be listening, I suppose, is the point. Yeah. <laughs> I did put the explicit on, on this one for the shenanigans that were, applied, that were alluded to. The more interesting bits were the, the present day where she was arrested and the trial and the bits with her lawyer who was played by the guy who was in Top of the Lake. I don't know if you watched that. The second series, he was the weird guy who lived in the brothel and was dating the 16-year-old. He was also in the first episode of Muck Mafia. Um, <laughs> he was one where I was like, I'm sure I recognise him. You know when you get that, when you're watching yeah. something and then you have to go and have a quick Wikipedia. <laughs> um, but I enjoyed all of that stuff when she was the centre. I thought the actress Hannah Arden was great there. But yeah, the stuff in France with this wealthy guy and... It all, all felt, and he was the dad. Sebastian's dad was a bit predatory towards her as well. He was I found very creepy, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. And it seems that they, that they have a poor relationship. Sebastian, I think his his father was Klaus. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right. And and he seems to think that his son is a massive disappointment and much prefers his older brother. I did think that the the, uh, the French bits looked beautiful, absolutely gorgeous. Well, it's no different the to Norwich. If they've got tough. Norwich on screen at that well, time. Exactly. They've got the broads. What more do you want? <laughs> she does say at some point, though, doesn't she, that he could have had any girl he wanted and he picked me, which felt like, you know, not not it's a thing that sort of strong thing. female character would say. As you, I, I would agree yeah. with your blank canvas the whole thing seemed very dark and very cheap looking. And I know that we've, we've mainly seen her in, in the cells and in a courtroom, mm. but it did feel like they'd spent all the money on the France location yeah. and none of the money and, at home. And in a grey tracksuit as well. She didn't yeah. even want to get changed for the trial because they probably couldn't afford a suit for her. Does this, <laughs> I mean, does this fit, if you were trying to convince me one way or another, because this is Hans Rosenthal who we know from the bridge and we know how brilliant that is, does this feel as layered as your average Nordic noir where there's a lot going on and there's a lot of people and you're not quite sure? Or does it feel quite pared back and quite... Very much pared back, yeah. Again, this was another one where there wasn't a lot going on, but there was a strong thread throughout. I think it's one of those ones that if the if Netflix was on and the remote was just too far over the other side of the room, <laughs> you would have on for episode two. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I definitely was intrigued by it. I, I didn't feel much either way for Maya. I, I thought about going enough. back to this, but I went back to the victim instead. I think I would go. I, I would think about it more had I got the option to watch the subtitled version. Yeah, I yeah. think that would spoil my enjoyment. Yeah, and I, I, I think it's interesting. I can't think of another school shooting drama that I've seen before on TV. No, that's yeah, true, actually. it seems timely. The, the end of episode one was a nice little cliffhanger. Yeah, where they both sort of have like a Bonnie and Clyde more, Yeah, a tiny bit more information about what might have happened at the school. Mm. But again, you know, the doors closed and we, we are just working by what we can hear. So kind of how it, it started the episode. I I'm suppose the looking... mystery is how much involvement did she have? Should she be the full guy? Because she kept... The other interesting thing, I suppose, is she keeps in asking is everybody dead didn't she that was mm. what she kept asking so that's yeah. the other yeah. sort of why is she asking that it wasn't clear if that was concern or if she was just hoping that everybody was dead so i guess there was a little bit of mystery there but yeah she, she was very blank often i'll listen back when i'm doing the edit and think we're being quite harsh but i do think we pick four shows they're four very different shows and they just weren't up to muster um, for the, for Although the three of the four shows do share that the plot thing of of going back and forth, don't they? Because the widow yeah. did it as well. So yeah, don't remind me of the widow. I'd just forgotten about the widow. Back again. <laughs> okay, it is time now for Sarah, who's been ill, but I will not be sympathetic. It's time for Boxmaster. Okay, let's begin.
10 questions to test her knowledge on that little talking box in the corner of the room. Your bonus questions this week can be TV characters of the last 25 years, you might know some of them, or one and done. Which would you pick for your bonus questions there? I've got to pick the mysterious one. I'm going to pick one and done. Okay. Bad choice. Anyway. <laughs> so let's just say beforehand, um, nothing to do with uh, BBC Two, BBC Radio no. 2's popular Popmaster. No. The uh, top score at the moment, score to beat, is 21. Yeah. And the lowest score <laughs> I think we've had is 12. Chance. Okay, I, I'm going to go in, in for a strong 10 here, I think. Maybe lower. And we should say nothing to do, as Matt says, with Popmaster, apart from a bit of the name, the format, and everything else. But apart from that, nothing to do <laughs> But it's Popmaster. about TV. It's not, unless yeah, you put a question about steps in. <laughs> I'll take it out. I'll take it out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so question one for you. Which US comedy replaced a main character with a dog from New York called Vinny. Uh, that was Family Guy. It was Family Guy. Well done, yes. <laughs> Brian died for a few episodes to be replaced by Vinny. Question two. Which show did W1A spin off from? Oh, it was the Olympics one. Um, oh, can't believe I can't remember his name. Sorry. <laughs> When was the Olympics? 2012! Oh, it was 2012! It was a heavy time. <laughs> 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 right, it looks nicer because he gives hints. I, did, I, didn't, I just thought it would be funny for her to realise that that was the... Um, <laughs> okay, so you picked, as your bonus, you picked one and done. These are the series that only lasted one series and then were completely done. Oh no, can I change my mind? <laughs> I'm not that nice. <laughs> the Body Farm was a one series spin off from which long running BBC crime drama. Was it something like Silent Witness? It was like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was Waking the Dead, that one. Of course it was. Yeah. Back to your ordinary questions then. Kirsten Dunst, Ewan McGregor and Martin Freeman have made up the star cast of which US drama series? Is that the Ozarks? No, it would be if it was. It's Fargo. <laughs> Question five. Noel Fitzpatrick is better known under what name for his Channel 4 series? Oh, he's the super vet. Back to the one and done questions. Am I right, Matt? Am I going too quick? Am I right to go back right, to the... Yeah, you're right. I am right. I'm a lovely person. Who... <laughs> Who hosted a failed reboot of ITV's Stars in Their Eyes? Oh, wow. That could be anyone. Um, I have no idea. Can I answer if... if... Let Sarah oh, fail. Am, Let me fail first. <laughs> 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 um, well, it was Leslie Crowther, but I, I have no idea who took over. It was because it was very bizarre. They went in a surreal sort of jaunt with it, didn't they? It was Harry Hill. No. Yes, I don't. I I acted surprised then. It's written on my, I don't know why I did that. It's written on my screen here. It was like set. It was all set in what was purportedly Harry Hill's house, and Adele lived down the road. That's all I can remember of that. Oh, okay. All right then. Russell Crowe took the lead role in a 2006 film. Based on which BBC drama series? Can I just say the film came out in 2009? Sorry, I was reading that upside down. (laughs) 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 Also saw Ben Affleck the film, if I'm correct. And Helen Mirren. Was Was it State of Play? It was. Okay, theme tune question then. They say I might as well face the truth that I'm just too long in the tooth are the first lines to which TV theme tune? Um, that is Those Wonderful Tortoises 
Um, uh, one foot in the grave. Your final one and done question. Jean-Christophe Novelli and Marco Pierre White both lasted just one series respectively in which ITV cooking reality show? Ah, wow. I can't think of a single ITV cooking reality show. You haven't lived. I really haven't, no, no. <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a beans on toast kind of girl. Um, Master Chef, but that's obviously wrong because that's on the beep. It is. Hell's Kitchen, isn't it? Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> and finally, which year saw the start of Have I Got News For You? Oh, they had a, they had an anniversary recently, didn't they? They Is have one long? every year. They do, don't they? Quite regular. It's <laughs> an important anniversary recently. Um, did they start in like... 1985? I, can I, sorry, guess as well? Let me say, yeah. let me say whether Sarah's failed. Okay. She's failed. <laughs> I know Matt. it's been a long, long time though. What, what was your guess, Matt? 1990. Oh, if you'd been playing, you'd have just knocked Sarah off the board there. Yes, it was 1990. <laughs> but you did well there, better than you gave yourself credit for. Where is she on the scoreboard, Matt? Sarah got 15 points, but I can say you answered five questions correctly, which I think is the is the lead at the moment, but unfortunately didn't get any of the bonuses, so it landed oh, on well. 15 points. I chose completely the wrong category. It's entirely my fault. Yeah. <laughs> it was so tantalising. Well, thank you so much. If you have any suggestions for Boxmaster questions or bonus questions... Luke, how... was, running, Luke was running out today. I know. I know. <laughs> Yeah, I went into a bit of a panic when I realised we had to do this. You can always email your possible questions or categories or ideas for the quiz to custardtvreviews at gmail.com or you can message myself and Matt privately on Twitter, either at LukeCustardTV or at Matt's TV Bites. Uh, where should people go, Sarah, if they want to learn more about you and they don't want to stand outside your front door? Well, they're always welcome. Come round, I'll put the kettle on. Um, <laughs> I'm, I am... Uh... I'm on Twitter at Sarah Hamstera. That's Sarah with a H, Hamstera. Um, and then can I ask um, a bit more? But you can't just say that and not explain it. <laughs> um, it's an online name from many, many moons ago uh, when I used to be on a forum, um, I, and I was a, a small rodent. That was my um, character, and I was Che Hamstera. Um, a a um, South American um, socialist rodent. Don't ask. There's a there's a podcast in there somewhere, isn't there? And also, if you would like to take Sarah to Norwich, um... <laughs> and, and also around at deadpixeltest.tv. Thank you ever so much. This is the Custard TV podcast. So there is one extra show this week uh, that we want to talk about. Uh, We're not we charging you any more for No, you show. don't have to pay for it. No, it's all part of this experience. We're, we're quite good to you. You don't realise it. This is the return of one of our favourite shows. I think it was in the top ten last year. Uh, this is Barry, second series of Bill Hader's dark comedy uh, from HBO, which is now airing on Wednesdays on Sky Atlantic or Now TV. The box set of series one is there. Yeah, so yeah. this this sort of picks up, and um, we learn that um, Harry Winkler's character, uh, Gene Crisano, has been in mourning for his sort of fallen partner, Janice, yeah. um, who who we believe, and we don't know, that Barry killed at the end of series, season one after she found yeah. out his identity, that he'd been involved in the murders of season one. Barry is now fully into sort of his acting persona of Barry And more, more confident in it as more well now. More confident, wanting to direct the their version of the front page, which they talked about at the end of season one. But the other members of the acting class are less keen because... They they miss uh, Gene and Gene was sort of their guiding light, and he cancels the performance just before it's about to go on after Barry has volunteered to um, take the directorial reins. Goran, the the Chechnyan, <laughs> uh, 
um, is now teamed up with um, his Bolivian ex-rivals. Yeah. Uh, the Bolivians now want to take on the... Um, can't remember what their nationality, but I want to say Burmese, but they're not, yeah. are they? They are they? Burmese, yeah. Yeah, um, another sort of old enemy, because he doesn't think that Goran's sort of crew are that proactive. Goran's ex-compatriots are then sending me a bullet through the mail saying that they're going to sort of kill him if he doesn't sort of reveal the identity of the killers yeah. of... What was the, the character that died in the last series? Again, that's escaped me. Yeah. He um, says to Barry, then you have to kill off this Burmese woman um, and say she was the perpetrator or I'm going to dob you in. You remember how Goran was going to kill you? And I gave you a tip off and you used it to kill Goran and all my friends? Yes. Remember? Yes. Garage? Yes. And I did not tell his family about that because if I did, they would burn down Los Angeles looking for you? Yes. Well, instead of telling them you shot Goran, this morning I told them it was Esther, Burmese crime family. Why? Well, because A, I don't want you to get killed, and B, Esther is throwing complete monkey wrench into my relationship with Cristobal. So you kill her, Goran's family will be off my tip, and Cristobal will still think we're two peas in pod. Classic crisscross. It's not a crisscross. I'm pretty sure it is. All right, you get out of here. If you don't do this for me, my family will kill me. But what I thought was interesting about the direction they appear to be going in, they sh show it a little bit in series in in episode one and expand on it more in the second which matt hasn't had a chance to see yet they they show you more of barry's background in the army prior to mm. becoming this sort of because he does talk about his first kill doesn't he he yeah. says gene says you know it's hard for me to talk about janice but then you never talk about your time in the army so they they show that then his first kill and and um, see two members of the acting class acting it out as well <laughs> uh and this has got just a great supporting cast in it as well i put on twitter today and there are a lot of good shows on that are well worth your time line of duty obviously is on that everybody's raving about but I think this might be my favourite programme on TV at the moment. Yes, it's only half an hour, but I go through the gamut of emotions. This made me laugh a lot in the first episode, even more in the second. I won't spoil what that's about. It's a show you'll never be able to second guess. Things happen that you, you're not prepared for and that take you by surprise. I think it's a little hidden gem that more people should be raving about. I really it did well at the it. Emmys, didn't it? It did do well, but I think it's more a critical darling rather than one of those big HBO shows that people rave about. But I, I really enjoy it and there's a little there's a little couple of gags in there. Yeah, I was going to say I didn't like the tongue in cheek gag about Kirby Hal Baptiste doing an Australian accent. No, but I thought you wouldn't. But it made me smile a bit, I have to say. I just think it's just so well drawn and it feels so original and so like they know what story they're telling and where they're going to go. And I, I'm just happy to be along for the ride. It's just fun. Wednesday nights at, I think, 10.45. It's a, it's a strange time for it, but I'm just glad it's on the TV here. And you, you can, can watch it. it on all those sort of catchy up yeah, Sky. Yeah, TV, Skybox sets, whatever. Yeah, Barry, one of our favourites from last year is back and we couldn't be happier about it. I just, I, I think it's quite special. Yeah, quite no, sweet. I mean, and the, I mean, Bill Hader's amazing, Henry Winkler's amazing, yeah. Stephen Root's amazing. The performances are just spot on. I mean, I'm not sure I like the sort of confident Barry as much as I did the Barry in the first season. I'll have to see how that pans out. But I do like the fact, as you say, that they are showing sort of his past. If you've not seen it, give it a go. Did you want to mention where uh, that we're having a bit of special podcastness as well? Yeah, w there will be some bonus shows appearing. Let's just tease that. No, we're good at this tease. Even I'm yeah. surprised and I don't, but, I don't know what's coming. In the interim, you can catch up on iTunes, on Spotify, on Stitcher, on TuneIn. Please give us a rating and review wherever you find us. We are also on Twitter at ClusteredTVPod. That is where we post the social media question. Again, thank you for everyone 
who has contributed to that. Um, you can email the show, CustardTVReviews at gmail.com. And we'll be back soon where I'll be hosting from just a slightly different location uh, just up the road as I move house. Take care, thanks for this, and thanks to Sarah as well. Yeah, thank you, Sarah. Bye. Bye. Rate and review us wherever you find us. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes and Facebook. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.